0: If you love all things gardening, why not join us at our spring fair from the 3rd to the 5th of May at Bewley in Hampshire. You'll find everything you need to kickstart the season. Find out more at bbcgardener'sworldfair.com. See you there. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is not the sound of a stream running through the mountains. It's water from a leaking pipe trickling down a stairway. That's not a frog splashing into a lake. It's a piece of sheetrock falling into a puddle on a kitchen floor. And that's not a hiker taking a deep breath of mountain air. It's a homeowner gasping at the sight of a $12,000 water damage repair bill. 40% of homeowners have experienced water damage. Protect your home with the Moen Smart Water Monitor and Shutoff. Moen. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. (music) Do you garden with the children in your family? Could the plot just outside your back door hold the key to healthy eating, better family relationships and improved physical and mental well-being for your kids. Hello, I'm Kevin, and you're listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. Today, I'm chatting to Louise Morton to hear how the primary school she works in has put gardening at the heart of everything it does. Louise, hello, thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure to be chatting. Um, I have wondered if we could start By you just telling me a little bit about what you do at the school that you work at, Um, could you just explain to me really um, how gardening plays a role there?
1: So essentially my role at Wicker Primary is a horticulturalist. So I have, over the last 12 years, developed the gardens into Fit for Purpose Teaching Gardens. Um, with the help of the children and some amazing volunteers. And my job is to get children outside learning about nature and hands-on gardening activities um, throughout the whole year round.
0: So this happens come rain or shine?
1: Absolutely. Yes, nature doesn't stop, gardening doesn't stop, the growing doesn't stop. And actually, the learning doesn't either. <laughs> and am
0: I right in thinking that you're there actually for several days a week? This is not just nipping in for, you know, an hour here and there.
1: No, no. My job is a paid role for four days a week. And actually we are very lucky to have a bespoke curriculum which incorporates both horticulture and natural history so all of that has to be planned into our science curriculum and so yes it's very much structured learning and gardening for all
0: amazing i mean that's fantastic i've i've not heard of that in many schools actually that it's it's so integral to everything it's 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 fascinating um now we're you know, we're focusing on gardening for health at Gardener's World. Um, and I just wondered what's your personal view, opinion, as it were, on how gardening impacts the, the health of our children?
1: Um, I think that gardening is obviously it's hugely positive to children's health. Um, it's calming, it's relaxing, and it's being amongst nature, connecting with the soil and the earth. Um, I think that it's really, really important that children have that time to just And slow down and actually look around them as well.
0: I can understand the benefits of um, of being outside for the children. I I completely get that. But does it um, also have an impact when they're back in the classroom as well?
1: It does. It's um, really really calming. Children are taking the time to follow instructions, and actually those practices are then embedded in what we, the structure of things, the way we do things in the classroom. So the children are. Are coming in. They've been able to be outside, so they're more relaxed. They've had the chance to let off some energy as well, so they're actually more focused from being out outdoors.
0: I mean, this all sounds fantastic. I mean, it, it, for me, I would be thinking, why does every primary school not offer this? It sounds a fantastic, a fantastic way to, to be operating. But of course, I know it's not the case in, in lots of the schools up and down our country. Um, I mean, what advice would you have for, for schools out there or you know, perhaps PTAs or um, you know, the leadership teams in schools that would like to uh, see gardening as a, as a regular fixture? What, what would you advise them at this stage?
1: I think that actually it's it can be quite scary to start a project, but I think the message that we've always had at Wicca is to start small and grow big, actually nibble away at a, a few window boxes, maybe an area of the playground, get together a, collectively a group of people who have the same common interest. Um, We often are asked how we started and it's for the vision of our fabulous head teacher, Mark Wildman, who wanted to incorporate this um, learning of the natural world and gardening and tending tending the gardens. And actually... um, it was through inviting people to to join in and make that vision happen that it did i think the message is that not one person can solely do that on their own it has to be a collective group of people and and not to be put off by the challenges
0: i mean talking of challenges um one of one of the perhaps most obvious ones to me is is money um you know when i was i was chatting to my to my wife about this she she works in a school and she said oh we just often don't know how to fund gardening activity like this i mean how have you got round that at, at your school and, and and what advice would you you give other schools who have the desire to do something like this but just don't quite know how to fund it
1: Absolutely. and um, That's a, a message that we've had from lots of schools that have come to look at our grounds. And actually, we started small and we did, obviously, we've grown big. And we've started by using small um, things like seeds that have been given away, for instance, on your magazine. Um, People have donated equipment. We've looked for um, resources through entering competitions. Um, The RHS have got a fabulous um, website and through joining their scheme, you can follow the steps and they offer um, benefits of resources and funding and also educational support as well. Yes. Yeah. Well, the other things that I haven't said about the ways that we fund it is um, we're actually we've grown to a scale now to buy resources. We've got uh, different products that we've made with produce from the grounds. So we actually grow mint and we produce a tea and um, a mint tea blend, which was with the Kenton Sussex Tea and Coffee Company. We've also collaborated with the South Sea Bathing Hut, where we make um, a soap called Allot Mint, which is using mint from our allotment and we also have an award-winning sausage which is using um a herb called jack by the hedge which the children harvest and grow and then that gets put into into our sausage and that's with um otan's butchers who are a national supplier of um a chain of pubs and restaurants this so is, we're very very proud this of that is amazing
0: this is school gardening at the next level <laughs> it <laughs> really is it's amazing
1: so inspiring this is, it, it's it is so exciting. And, um, you know, as I said, when we appeared on Gardener's World um, a few years back, you know, the Long Borders were literally inspired by, by Monty's garden there. And, um, you know, starting small, growing big, we, we had little bits of, um, of, of propagated plants from my grandma's garden. You know, people gave us plants and we've just slowly harvested seeds and 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 grown plants like that really. I think um it, it's really exciting to think where you can collect plant material from. And um I know that we've got a really good following of people who actually we can see now copy our ideas, which is great because that's what gardening is. It's it's sharing. And you know the children setting that example is is really exciting for them. They absolutely adore opening the gardens to the National Garden Scheme because people can come and look and and give feedback and that's very, very positive feedback. also um, funded by our vegetable box scheme, which was modelled on Riverford. Uh, We started that about eight years ago. So we sell um, boxes of uh, five different types of uh, produce um, for £5, all seasonal fruit and vegetables harvested and grown by the children. And they really enjoy packing them and uh, they phone the customer to say they're ready. It's filling my heart with so
0: much joy, this. is just lovely. It's incredible. Oh,
1: thank you it's it's just so it's so much fun and uh, and i am absolutely passionate about it and um, the children you know they they thrive on it and they run to me at lunch times and say what can we do and this is in their own time so they're they're gardening through their lunch times their breaks before school um it's not just restric- restricted to um lesson time um i run after school gardening as well where we're propagating um Echevera. And we're also starting a dispersed collection or working towards a dispersed collection for um, plant heritage. So we're very much interested in conservation and preservation as well. And um, the veg boxes, by the way, we're up to um, uh, this year, it's nearly 80, whereas in previous years, it's been 100. So despite lockdown, we've continued. (laughs) Great.
0: Great. Oh, it's amazing. So fantastic. And great. Okay. So now I'm, I'm sort of thinking about obviously it doesn't all all happen at school. A lot of this is happening with with families and at home as well. So, um, you know, how how could parents, families, grandparents, whatever, work with schools um, to try and bring gardening into the mainstream?
1: Um, Actually, the hard work starts by finding people who are committed. Um, Once you have those people who are committed, um, you can often build in a practice of sessions. Obviously, you need to have the the checks um, for safeguarding. But once you've got those checks, actually, um, you can build in people who can come in on a regular basis, who can work alongside children, who can offer their time and their skills to pass on knowledge. We've got a fabulous um scheme at, at our school where we have volunteers coming in just in doing just that. Um and they work with the children. And there is so many benefits that. The children feel listened to their learning skills, which they may not have had the opportunity to do um one on one with individuals in the classroom.
0: And do you find that um, you know, once once gardening in a school setting that um actually families and, and children do this more, more at home. You know, do do you, do you feel there are po- positive benefits for for families and children gardening together at home?
1: Absolutely. I think that seeds sown at school, perhaps, or um, by watching television or even YouTube these days, they are they are infectious. Children want to know more, um by taking these ideas home, or in turn, if they've seen grandparents um, growing, um, or indeed parents collectively together um, growing, is it's just infectious. And by getting children with their parents gardening, um, they're looking at not only um, the whole picture, but the smaller results as well. What, what will they do with the produce once they've grown it, maybe? Um, looking at c- cooking together, talking together. It's really important. And I think that many of our children have actually passed on skills to their parents and so the children are teaching the 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 adults which is really fun as well fantastic
0: yeah absolutely i mean mm. it's it's great i mean i i you know i'm a, a parent myself and i love gardening with my with my daughter sometimes it's a bit of a challenge you know the lure of a screen is often is often a strong thing but actually if i can if i can get my daughter outside it's it's something she really enjoys so yeah i agree and appreciate mm. everything you're you're saying um, we're hearing quite a lot at the moment, and, and very much rightly so, um, how important mental health is, particularly through everything that we've been through with, um, with the pandemic over recent months. Um, and of course, that extends obviously to, to our children and young people. Um, I mean, do you feel that um, gardening can, can help with that side of things as well, with, with, with mental health and, and well-being of our, of our young people?
1: Absolutely, I think that obviously we all need a sense of purpose and worth, and to see something you've positively positively done in the garden that um instant effect gives you a sense of achievement and pride um often as well that um by by having a garden you can create a sense of place and you meet other people as well when you're talking um equally physically working in the garden um it's burning off the energy and um, maybe frustration or cross feelings can be worn off um, I know that a lot of our children like to dig they like to physically use wheelbarrows so they're you know they're, they're working and, and burning off some of those feelings that maybe you wouldn't initially think of as needed to be done in sport Well, actually gardening is very beneficial too Um, I think that obviously by being in the garden mentally as well it's very relaxing by switching on and off and and tending plants or looking at them or harvesting that you're then relaxing it's calming and and it's making you think about good memories positive memories I often find the children uh, talk to me and and share really happy thoughts and look forward to what they might do with the things that they're growing.
0: I mean it's just beautiful to hear you say that and um I'm, I'm fascinated actually about that building of rapport and relationships and, and, you know, adults and children gardening alongside each other. I mean, do you feel that actually um, gardening can be, well, not healing, but um, can actually build relationships within families?
1: Absolutely, I think the the trust that's built from from actually that patience of growing as well, assuring you know a child that if you are tending and nurturing something that you will see the results. They may not be as spectacular as you want with a prize winning sunflower, but there will be some growth, and it will happen. And I think during the the lockdown, the pandemic, we've seen so many children and young people gardening. And it's that positivity of actually seeing the same cycles, the same life cycles happening, that actually it's so grounding, not everything has changed. Things may have changed, but actually the fundamentals of nature are still around us. They still need us. And as we continue to nurture them, they will reward us too.
0: Yeah, I quite quite agree. Yeah, I agree with everything you say. Um, now, I mentioned just a moment ago with my own daughter, the lure of a screen. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's there's so much competing for our children's attention at the moment, be it a tablet, um, you know, the TV, computer, whatever. Um, what's the secret to getting them off those things and outside? What do you reckon?
1: I think that sickly children want to be outside. I think that we assume that they want to be on their devices and interacting that way. Actually, I think it's about that effect of, come on, let's just do it. And actually, we can make excuses as well as adults often enough. It's too windy. It's a bit cold. It might involve a bit of getting mucky and extra washing, but actually, let's just do that. And looking at seasonal subjects as well. You know, there's a whole palette out there of, you know, whether it's raining, collecting water, whether it's um, too dry, we can water the garden, just the basics, just five or 10 minute bursts. And actually that breaks the cycle of habits as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And I think, um, you know, to some extent, we're addicted to our devices as well, aren't we? <laughs> so it's, it's as, as much for us to be putting them down, too. They are.
1: <laughs> I know. And so the more they see us active and the more they see us in the garden, actually, the more curious they are, too. What are you doing? How are you doing that? The questions are, are endless as well. And I, I do feel that, um, you know, devices do have a big role to play in education, you know, being um, sort of rich because we can look to to guides, we've got resources, how do I grow this very quickly? I will often say to the children, well, I haven't grown that before, let's have a look at that. Or maybe look at an expert taking, um, you know, uh, cuttings and how do they propagate that can often be brought to life by seeing an expert doing it. So it's not to undervalue that, but actually to get the balance and to use it in the right way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean... I'm sure listening to everything we're chatting about now, there's going to be lots of parents, teachers, support staff in schools that will be hugely inspired by by what we're discussing. Um and what would what advice would you give to them if they don't know where to
1: start? <laughs> <laughs> well, where where to start? I think obviously, you know, we've got our fantastic head teacher, Mark Wildman. Um, hopefully they have a supportive head or board of governors or inspired teacher that they can draw more more bodies who are interested in the same cause and the benefits and actually as i said just start small grow big so see if you've got some containers you can recycle you know earth is is often free underneath our feet why not use it we don't have to look for expensive compost we can make our own um look to be inspired by um, the rhs and the campaign for school gardening um and also you know, put out plenty in your newsletters. The community really want to help young children gardening. Um, often if a school and um, playground has a nice looking planter, people will really admire that and, and be inspired as well. Um, I think that it's also important to remember that not all schools have big gardens and it's not something to be put off by at all. Um container gardening can be done, um, small ponds can be made and to not be put off. There's a growing community on um, social media and also um, in, in written research about uh, school gardening. And I think that the more you read, the more you'll find the support there.
0: Great. OK. Um, and I guess this is, you know, this is the big the big question, really. I mean... Um, we're sold we love gardening you and I you know I can tell how passionate you are about about your job at the school but what would your dream be for you know the nation's children and and gardening and in fact even the, the you know the families that are in the country?
1: I think my my overall dream would be that we have a curriculum which includes uh, natural history and horticulture which actually um embeds um, the natural world into into science more. I think that it would be a dream to be able to see um, open spaces by uh, councils more appreciated and um, community gardening available more, more allotments, um, spraying less as well. I think that we need to be thinking about our planet and the children, the more they see their open spaces being valued, the more that they will feel cared for as well.
0: And that's very, very difficult to argue with, isn't it? Yeah,
1: Absolutely. I think that children are seeing, um, obviously, plastic pollution and actually our, our parks and open spaces are very underfunded um, and perhaps not appreciated in the way that they once were in a bygone day and actually they're a place for communities to enjoy outside space and to see plants growing and also um to have have fun and and to learn from the natural world
0: i mean i guess the only the only other thing is where could people find out more about you um you know if they wanted to to have a look at everything you're doing and take some inspiration um how would they do that Mm.
1: They can always look at our school website, which is Wicker Primary, um, and we've also got a popular Twitter handle, at Mini Horts, um, and that shares an insight to all of the things that we're doing throughout the year, the learning, things we're selling, things that we've grown, and, and also it's a great way to interact with other schools. We like to, to help along the way. If people have got questions, we can answer them that way as well.
0: Great great well i'm sure you, you may well be inundated <laughs> with uh, with people getting in touch because this just is so inspiring so thank you very much thanks for listening to the bbc gardeners world magazine podcast and you can find out more about the themes we've covered today at gardenersworld.com forward slash podcast if you've enjoyed this episode please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or Acast to never miss an episode. See you next time.